Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew. That's Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. Uh, and the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You could follow him at Eckerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We're being produced today by Sarah. Hi. Hello. Uh, Sarah, what's your favorite Detroit-style pizza? <laughs> I'm afraid to say it now because Herb Just made fun of me. It. Say on, it. It's not on. my favorite, but it's what I've had the most of, and it's Jets pizza. Oh, okay. Hey, you're, you're, you were honest, and we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we definitely didn't give Sarah shit for that. Uh, and Connor already commenting, streaming CHGO on a cross-country road trip at a rest stop stop in memphis all people can talk about is sean's positive comments about reinsdorf's uh stadium deal uh we'll let them know what they think in amarillo uh, so we appreciate connor and uh, he'll be commenting white Sox uniform numbers all throughout these beautiful uh, states of america hit that thumbs up button make sure you're hitting the subscribe button later on tonight we got blackhawks post game with jay mario and greg so make sure you are subscribed and tuning in we got you covered for bears blackhawks cubs white Sox, etc galore and more. Uh, AJ is Comington. He's a diehard. Make sure you're also heading over to allchgo.com. If you're not a diehard, you could sign up. Uh, you get a nice box full of a t-shirt of your choice. You get one every year as well. You get access to our CHGO Discord. You get access to uh, disc, uh, diehard exclusive articles on the website. It's all fun. So go check out uh, allchgo.com. Vinny. Yes. You had John. your second conversation with Paul Yanish today. <laughs> True enough. Second Zoom. Yes. Do you have the, butterflies? Uh, no. No. <laughs> uh, the, no, the only thing uh, that happened uh, uh, from my end was that, uh, so we still have our Christmas uh, stuff up, including mm-hmm. our tree. We have been lazy and not gotten around to taking it down. And I was called out for, uh, for <laughs> having it in the background of my, uh, of my, of my Zoom. So by Paul Yanish? Not say. by Paul Yanish, no. by, by, by someone else. But yeah, but uh, so I had to, I had to take that. But uh, yeah. Who, ba- who, who bagged you for that? Was that uh, one of the White Sox wonderful oh, media relations okay. uh, employees uh, mm-hmm. decided to uh, to rib me for still having my mm-hmm. tree up? But I hey, I deserve it. I could have taken it down by now. So, <laughs> uh, but yes, news uh, news from the uh, the minor leagues where the White Sox today announced their entire player development staff for the upcoming season or for for the upcoming year, I guess you could say. Uh, Paul Yanish is the obviously new uh, director of player development, the new head of the uh, head of the farm. And uh, he's only been on the job for about two and a half months. I think he was introduced in, in early November. But um, it is uh, something that he's already gotten to work on. And he's got quite a list of staff, including some new names. I think uh, the headline uh, from today's announcement uh, is definitely that former White Sox closer Sergio Santos is, or Sergio Santos rather is back in the organization. He is the new manager at uh, AA Birmingham. He spent the last two years managing at the lower levels of the Yankees uh, minor league uh, organization. Now he is the double-A manager for the Chicago White Sox. So um, uh, perhaps a a rising star on the managerial front, perhaps. That's what they've said uh, for a long time now about the White Sox triple-A manager, Justin Gershley, who, uh, you know, has been working as a manager in the, the minor leagues for some time now, obviously back at AAA this year. Uh, and then, uh, you know, there's some other new names on there. They've got a new hitting coordinator in the minor leagues. Uh, if I can pull that up, that guy's name is Alan Zinter, who has been a hitting coach at a few other stops in Major League Baseball. I believe the Astros, Padres, and Reds. Uh, he will now be the major, the minor league hitting coordinator for the White Sox. Uh, Kurt Hassler, as you will remember, uh, as the bullpen coach, Coach last year uh, is now going to be the assistant pitching coordinator, along with another former White Sox bullpen member, Donnie Veal. Uh, <laughs> so those two are the Lucky. assistant pitching coordinators. Matt Zaleski is the pitching coordinator. Uh, but yeah, some other, some a few other newer newer names in there. I believe there's a new pitching coach at Charlotte, uh, the guy who was uh, a member of the Rays organization. Um, his name is R. C. Lichtenstein. Uh, so he was goes yeah, well with good pe- job. goes well with pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so he he uh, he is the new pitching coach at Charlotte. Uh, but yeah, so some new faces, but a lot of the same ones. And basically, it's uh, you know this is the this is the group, this is the staff that the White Sox are going to be using to 
Try and do what we've been talking about for a long time now. Build some depth throughout the organization and get some homegrown players ready uh, to to contribute at the major league level. I mean, Paul Yanish was asked about the usual suspects today. Colson Montgomery, Noah Schultz, Edgar Caro. But... Listen, there's a bunch of guys down there that, as this organization kind of gets a, a makeover from Chris Getz, are probably going to become part of the long-term planning. And, and, you know, you can never bank on certain guys panning out or not. Uh, that's how minor league baseball works. That's how prospects work. But uh, these are the staff members that are going to be in charge of kind of molding that next generation of White Sox. And I think what the team, what the team certainly hopes and what the fans hope will be uh, the next contending White Sox team will be made up of a lot of these guys. I'm more of a diet right Luxembourg guy. I don't get what you're. But I'm Shang. RC done. RC. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Royal Crown Liechtenstein. Yes. That. That's it. Yeah. How's it? Oh, all right. I mean, good to have Sergio Santos back because he was on the Yankee staff uh, last year, a winning staff. They won the uh, their division last year, and so um, hopefully that's the all White Sox minor league staffs last year and not teams were horrible as we have gone over before so that is a big thing i know they're more developed um developmental based and more worried about that but with that comes with wins if you are developing them right wins will come on with the minor league team and so i hope that they have a focus on the development part and then getting dubs also because it's just been dreadful the white Sox minor league staff run by new general manager Chris Getz. Well, Sergio Santos was actually asked that exact question, Herb, the whole idea that, hey, this is a guy who's had success. I believe, I hope I'm not uh, wrong here, I think he won at each of uh, won his league in each of the last two years or, or won a title of some fashion in he each did. of those leagues in each of the last two years. And he said, hey, my job is not to win the South Atlantic League, or, or I'm sorry, the Southern League, rather, where Birmingham is playing. My job is not to win that. I'm, I'm trying to win a division for the White Sox with the players that I help develop. And so certainly that's the right attitude. But he, he brought up what you said, which was, hey, if we're doing a good job of developing these guys and getting them to play the game the way that we want them to play it, then they'll win because we're trying to teach them winning baseball. And the idea is that those things can go hand in hand. I'm not really a person who puts a lot of stock into the record of a minor league team, right? Because at the end of the day, you're trying to get a guy, you know, uh, uh, to develop in a certain way that might actually work completely against you winning a baseball game, right? If you need to keep a pitcher in a little longer to work on his development, even if he's struggling out there, if you need to have on the fly in competitive games, teaching moments of uh, about a guy's hitting approach or get a guy to work out of a slump, you know, at the major league level, that could get you benched because those teams are trying to win games and win divisions and win pennants. At the minor league level, you need that, that player to learn how to get out of that once he reaches the major league level. And so that could actually hinder your chances of winning. So I don't really put a lot of stock into the fact what you're talking about. Oh, the, they were so bad last the, – the teams were so bad, the teams were so bad – okay, but tell me about the guys. And I think that we've seen the White Sox uh, over, the, over the last several years, not just last year, but over the last several years, ranked pretty low in terms of farm system and stuff like that. That, to me, speaks more about the perhaps failings of the, of the organization on that front, more so than uh, the win-loss record of those teams down there. But I think, you know, hearing from Sergio Santos, they hired a guy who gets it and gets exactly what you were just talking about and, and, and gets that idea that it's about developing guys and that that will lead to wins, not necessarily developing guys to win that night's baseball game. Herm Schneider's on LinkedIn. Oh, that's just weird. Um, that's, that's odd. Uh, no, sorry. I mean, I why, was... But why? Like, is he looking for another job? He's retired. He's like trainer emeritus. How old is he? Probably in his 70s. Yeah, I mean, he retired back in 2018. I mean, uh, Herm, I mean, just take it off. I mean, you. I mean, I, I can recognize your name and you're a team trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I think he's put in the work. Uh, but, hey, he's got a LinkedIn staying active. Uh, Lance Brzdowski, uh, who works over at Marquee, mm-hmm. tweeted out uh, the White Sox being bottom five in minor league baseball last year uh they were fourth worst in expected weighted on base uh average and then sixth worst in expected slugging in all of minor league baseball and you're exactly right i mean i don't care if the knights win 90 games i don't know how many games you could possibly even win uh, in the minor league baseball season i would just like to see some development it would just be great to see consistency and it does feel like you look at the guardians you look at um 
there was another team that I had more on my mind, but even the Dodgers too. It just seems like every time they have somebody come up, they're ready to come up. They're ready to attack. They're ready to produce. They're Cardinals, ready to contribute. Usually, the Cardinals, I think, was the team I was thinking yeah. of. Uh, except Some guy somehow they like like Randy or Rosarina and Adelis Garcia go, go. So it's like, like too much. They have right. too much goodness. Like it's always <laughs> some guy that you never heard of, and it's like, oh, that guy. Oh, he's getting hit. Current White Sox Paul DeYoung, when he came up, he was just hitting home runs immediately. We're worried about Luis Gonzalez and um, Mike Rodolfo going over the Giants, and it's like, oh, don't worry, they just don't have any talent. And Basabe too, right? Yeah, right. Basabe too. Just take all our badness and <laughs> stick them in love field. It just we need to see some development. We need to see some growth. And uh, the only reason why I ended up finding Herb Schneider's LinkedIn was because I was looking up the uh, hitting coach of AAA, uh, who was a former White Sox minor leaguer, Cam Seitzer. Uh, never made it to the major leagues, but uh, bounced around. And after 2018, it's just stuck with the organization. Uh, Nicky Delmonico has done that, too. He's the hitting coach of double-A, yes. Do we like that? I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like it, old seems, guard. it seems like they're going in a path of getting former major, not just former professional baseball players like the Seitzer guy is, but former major league players. And I know we're going to get to the uh, article a little bit later, but the Grady Sizemore hiring, the Josh Barfield hiring, the Brian Bannister hiring. Paul Yanish. Paul Yanish hiring. These are former Major League Baseball players. It's clear that Chris Getz and his staff believe that having somebody who actually played in the Major Leagues, not just professional baseball, in the Major Leagues, is a invaluable thing, and they're trying to find some market inefficiency where they can exploit it and have these guys explain, hey, this is how I did it back in the day. And all these guys seem like they have some type of belief in analytics. So they're not just old school, hey, baseball is this way and I'm old and I want to do it this way. So it seems like they have a clear path that they want to have major leaguers in front of their major leaguers to be guiding them. Well, and, and Santos said some really interesting stuff, actually. You know, he's a guy who went through a position change. He, he started as a shortstop mm-hmm. before becoming a relief pitcher. And he's he basically threw that out there immediately saying well yeah I can relate to these guys and I can relate to all of them because I've not only been a pitcher and had success at the major league level as a pitcher but before that I was a position player uh and you know you know sometimes when when you're talking to the guys who have just been hired sometimes you get kind of probably some of the same answers uh that that they gave in the job interview you know what I mean so but I mean he, he he really kind of showed probably what he told Chris Getz and Paul Yanish, which was, hey, uh, you know, I've done this before and, 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 you know, the success with the Yankees, absolutely. But here's a guy who maybe accomplishes that goal that they have of being able to relate, being able to, to, to get through to these guys and not just say, do it because I say so. But, hey, we're going to find a way to, to talk to each and every single player here. So another thing that you, you keep hearing with this team is, is that whole play the game the right way thing. And, um, listen, you can say – you can maybe roll your eyes at that notion, you know, that you can't uh, – you know, you make fun of the TWTW or whatever. You know, you're not going to find uh, a stat column on – certain parts heart. of that on heart not or or the other way when they say hey we've got to do the simple things and catch the ball and throw the ball <laughs> and roll your eyes and go yeah uh duh you do need to catch the ball kind of thing you can say all of that but i'll say this man they're all on the same page everybody that you hear from with coming into this white Sox organization or people who were here before chris gets took over as gm be it pedro Grafol or or any number of the other staff they are saying they are all saying that exact same thing and i think that you are seeing an organization wide desire to move into that direction again it shows that there was a problem before absolutely but at the same time it, it, it i'm hearing a lot more unison from the you know hearing the same thing from a lot of different people than before again which was not to point out that before they weren't on the same page or anything like that, but it is striking this time around how every single person is saying a lot of the exact same stuff. Well, do you think it is change or do you think it's maybe the honeymoon phase? Like Chris has just started and, you know, we haven't even played any baseball yet. We like Chris Getz because we played with him or, you know, he seems like a nice guy and we can relate to him. Like, do you think this is just kind of the honeymoon stage of let's support Chris Getz and his first venture being a general manager no i think it is clearly a new direction and i think the people who the people who need to buy in chiefly his front office staff and his you know major league coaching staff and stuff like that the people who need to buy in have bought in um and and i think they're all they've all been very complimentary about that vision that he has and i think it is probably we're finding out that it's this whole 
play a fundamental style of baseball. Don't do all the bad stuff that these teams did. That these teams did the last two years. Um, and whether that turns into wins and championships remains to be seen and probably won't be seen for quite some time given the current state of the major league roster but I, I whether it's the I don't think it's necessarily the honeymoon phase I think it is a recognition of a new direction yeah I mean for those coaches to push what Chris gets once they initially have to believe uh, or fake it until they make it and then they have to teach that on to the players to go on with uh, Chris's battle standard because that's what he wants to do. It's obvious that if they're all in unison, this is coming from up top and they want to filter down to the coaches, filter down to the players and to have a one way to play White Sox baseball. I remember a couple of years ago, they wanted to do the White Sox way, but it seemed like the White Sox way wasn't all together and it wasn't, as you see on the field, uh, conducive to winning. So hopefully if they're going from top to bottom, it's at least conducive to winning by picking up the ball and throwing it the first every once in a while and not making as many errors as they made last year. I like the message. Now put it into action. It's just I'll just say this. It's notable when you hear those same things from whether it's the guy who Chris gets hired to be his, you know, assistant GM or the double A manager. And you're hearing the same thing all the way down throughout the organization. I mean, the the thing that Chris gets said did not exist prior to his taking over was an organizational identity. I mean, you're hearing from people in the minor leagues now talking about the same kind of things that he's talking about. That, to me, says that he's trying to implement a, an identity organization-wide, not just right at the top of the major league level. Of you think that identity being professional defensive baseball? I mean, that's part of it. I think. I think what we keep, like I said, what we keep hearing, play the game the right way, you know, you, that that probably is a bigger umbrella than just be good at defense you know what I mean but uh, I, I think that that's part of it and I think fundamentals and you know for lack of a better term you know grit and hustle and all that kind of thing like that seems to me to to, to probably be the thing that they're going for I got you I guess that might just be a little bit thin because it's like oh we'll play the game the right way I guess I don't know who is trying to play it the wrong way I mean they're like, not trying to and play also them. I think yeah. the biggest thing is like what we saw was guys would make issues and it didn't feel like there was ever any accountability for Oh hey, I made an error. What's the what 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 happens for making an error? What happens for making the wrong play? Yeah, and I hope play the game the right way comes with accountability. As we said last year, the year before, that accountability was very lacking on the south side. So yes, if Pedro now this year realizes that he has to be the leader, starting with February fourteenth when the pitchers and catchers report, and then like six days later when the full squad reports, and has to do a fundam fundamentals drill every single day to make sure that players do exactly what the White Sox want them to do. And it seems like that's going to be the focus because as Vinny's talking about, everybody in the organization is saying these things and how you do those things is drill those things and make sure they're ingrained into those players, veterans, young players, etc. And if they don't do it, it'll be easy to ship them off. You know, not, you know, saying some people who make real money, but I think that now Pedro realizes that he's the leader. He sets the standard for those players on the field. And so this year, he's not looking for other people to lead. He's the guy. And if somebody else wants to step up, and so he doesn't have to do it through, you know, him just drilling it through that. And then he just, uh, another player just steps up and says, hey, I'm the, I'm the leader on the field now. Pedro, you can pipe down. I think that will be a natural thing for the team wanting to happen because only the players can play. The manager can say whatever he wants to say and drill you as much as you want, but it's up to the players to actually go out and execute the stuff. So I'm hoping that Pedro puts the hammer down. You don't have to necessarily be punitive, but you got to be drilling these things. If that you want to be fundamentally sound, you got to keep on doing it until it's second nature for these guys. Because it wasn't for Tim. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I, I don't disagree. Um, any other thoughts from the Zoom meeting? Uh, the think tank? Did we bring up? I don't think I said the words think tank. Yeah, so you know that was obviously a, a word used or a term thrown out there by by. One of our fellow reporters. No, I oh, don't okay. believe he said think tank. But uh, Chris Getz previewed that this was going to happen when he talked to us last week. Um, and indeed, this week it did happen. There was a hitting summit uh, for the White Sox out in Arizona this week. It included, obviously, 
Pedro Grafal and everybody on the major league staff, as well as the hitting coaches at every level of the minor leagues, all the way down to the Dominican Summer League, um, you know, uh, uh, as well as some front office guys. Uh, you know, Jim Tomey was there. Tony LaRusso was there, who's been who's been advising, uh, obviously. And really, it just seemed like a, a big, long conversation about how they're going to turn this offense around and how the the the, uh, the the pillars that they want to establish organization wide when it comes to hitting. So I think a lot of it, uh, according to Paul Yanish, uh, you know, had to do with what Marcus Thames is bringing. Uh, a lot of it had to do with you know some uh, uh, some insight from from the Hall of Fame guys that I just mentioned. Uh, but uh, he said a lot of talk about situational hitting. So uh, that's something that Chris Getz has brought up over and over again, and uh, it really seems like that. Is, is part of the big strategy in terms of hitting is, hey, if there's one thing that they're going to be able to break through to these guys on, they need to get them to hit situationally, recognize uh, the differences between all the different counts and all the different situations that they could get in to have more success and score more runs. Was there more clarity if Pedro was involved? It says top executives. And like Marcus was mentioned. Pedro was there, yeah. Yeah, okay. everybody was there. Everybody. No, I, I know. Everybody. Just, just, just clarifying. I don't know. Just making sure. Uh, all right. Situational hitting. So hitting the other way. Well, and hey, we'll, we could bring up Grady Sizemore, who will be the major league Jesus. coach. Uh, there's an article in The Athletic talking about Grady Sizemore's transition from stud baseball player to being a dad and transitioning from player to next part of life. And last year, he was a part of the Diamondbacks spring training system, making $15 an hour, poor Grady, uh, but was able to connect with none other than Trace Thompson, Flip Trace Thompson back into uh, a major league player, and we kind of saw the Dodgers get a little bit more out of Trace Thompson than uh, anyone else did in the kind of past of Trace Thompson's career. And Pedro, in that piece, said that he would be Grady Sizemore in lead of, I don't want to misquote what Pedro said, but Grady Sizemore going to help out with the bunting department. Okay. The Bunty, there's an entire department. Yeah, that's what that's that was basically what I mm. do. You think there is a department? Do you think like there's a, a mailbox that says bunting department? Do you no. think I could go that'd like, be mail thirty fifth and shield CC bunting department? Yeah, that'd be funny if there was. Yeah, but yeah. I, I just kind of like what you are you mad about that? I don't like bunting. No, stop. It's it's one of the worst things you can do in baseball. But what here's the thing: but you're Zach taking Lemire, but Zach Miller do. <laughs> not playing for the White Sox. That'll be oh. great. Well, he, he isn't currently. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I mean, listen, these situational hitting sometimes includes, includes, let's put it this way, the ability to bunt. You don't have to bunt, but they want people who are going to be able to do it if they deem it necessary. Now, if they're bunting for hits, I'm in. That, those, are, those are valuable. Just bunting a guy from first to second, uh, those, uh, that just makes me mad. I don't know who's got the speed to bunt for a hit, but we'll see. I mean, I, I agree that you should be able to do it, but maybe we just – it's very sparingly. Uh, I don't know who, who bunted the most in 2023, and I'll, I'll save you the, the, the pain. I won't Google it, uh, but I'm assuming – I guarantee it's, it's Zach Rimmler. It's probably the White Sox. No, it's oh, just a, and, as a team. You thought the White Sox bunted more than any other team last year. I'm going to check. I don't remember them bunting that much. I remember Zach Rimmler bunting a lot, but other than that. Well, now, do, do, do. Sarah, do we have the 30 minutes thing? 60 minutes. 60. Is it 60? Wow. Look, yeah, at Sean. Look at Sean. On the, day, on the day Sports Illustrated goes away, now Sean is cutting 60 minutes down to half an hour. CBS didn't, <laughs> close. CBS didn't close. Journalism is taking a hit today. Uh, sack, bunt, bunt. Poor journalism. Uh, we'll talk about uh, stuff in, a, in just a second. All right. I'll just count sack bunts because I can't actually count. Just unsuccessful bunts? I guess bunts for hits. Um, Most sacrificed bunts really were uh, did. Diamondbacks. Oh, the team that almost won the World Series. Yeah. 36. Do you know who number two was? White Oakland. Sox. Yeah. Who did you say? Oakland? Oakland. Oakland. Oh. Sox were 11. So. Sean, we do not 16. have that sound. That's weird. You played it off. Don't you, don't you have the Are you ticker? talking about just the... T- 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 yeah. Oh, I was, I was thinking of the... That's a 60 minutes thing. So 60 minutes goes to commercial. That's Jeopardy. You're also so. young oh, like me. Oh, that's Jeopardy. Yeah. So okay. th- these guys remember, like, there would be a, a piece on, uh, you know, g- gorillas in Africa. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you get this going to commercial and be yeah. like... Leslie Stahl Bill- is talking to the people. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Belichick talks about his transitioning uh, for a life after football. Next on 60 Minutes. 
Right. We used to have the Jeopardy sound though, but we recently cleaned out our computer, and I think we, we that might have been something we got rid of. Sued. Um, Do you know who bunted the the fewest times, Vinny? Who bunted the fewest times? Yeah. Would it be the Texas Rangers? It would be the Atlanta Braves, oh. who hit a bunch of home runs right. instead. Yeah. Yeah. Who, they who were good. quite good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty good idea to just swing for the fences. Uh, they had right. two bunts. We'll wrap this two? up. Two seconds. The whole year. The whole year. Wow. They hit like 300 home runs. They were busy. <laughs> They're well, also really good. They don't need their players to bunt. Very true. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, final thing before we hit an ad break and then uh, go into some uh, Sports Illustrated covers, as Vinny brought up, uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, the employees being letting know that uh, they are being let go and that that establishment will most likely be gone and dissolved. I don't know how to really say that any clearer. Uh just real quick before we wrap it up, though, uh, Sergio Santos, in his last 18 games as a hitter in the Mexican Pacific League, as a shortstop, slash 315, 354, 512, an OPS of 875. So I think instead of the White Sox in 2008 signing Sergio Santos to transition him from being a shortstop to a pitcher, Sergio Santos should have been the first Shohei Otani. He could have been in the in the MPL. In the M, M it was MXPL. Ooh. The Mexican Pacific League. Uh, Want to let you know about our friends over at Ray CDJR. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you. Our partner at Ray Chrysler. D- let me hit that Ray differently. Our partner at Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake is starting their Ray resolution with something with the Start Something New sales event. And you know what that means? You'll be able to shop incredible savings on new vehicles in stock because they want you to clear the lot to make room for brand new 2024 vehicles. For a limited time, get up to $9,000 off new Jeep models with dealer discount. And that's not all. Shop their last call on remaining 2023 Dodge Challenger and Charger models, including Hellcats, Scat Packs, and more. Dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand, so you don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 Dodge muscle cars to choose from. At Ray CDGR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventory and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd expect, thanks to Ray's price promise. Don't miss out. Shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray CDJR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. Fans can get a free CHGO... Oh, I guess free H... Fans can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at raycdjr.com slash service. That's raycdjr.com slash service. But you have to schedule before January 31st. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit raycdjr in Fox Lake or raycdjr.com. Serving the community since 1960. 63 and gentlemen should we let people know about our friends over at empire yep Five eight eight two three hundred empire today with empire today you get shop at home convenience the right product for your needs quick and professional installation and a low price guarantee empire today is the best place to get new flooring so of course they have copycats but empire cannot be beaten on their quality service and speed so competitors advertise low quality products that empire simply won't carry empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs empire keeps shopping for floors simple with a curated curated product selection and their philosophy is to help you find what you need not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes what they leave out of their selection is just as important as what they put in empire's product team exhaustively combs thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles and you could check those styles out with their virtual floor designer it's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space it's easy just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room you could schedule a free in-home estimate today all listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. And again, you can schedule a free in-home estimate today and listeners can receive a $350 off discount when you use promo code CHGO. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. All right. Uh, let's get into SI. Uh, unfortunately, the employees at SI were being let known today by their parent company uh, that the operation was folding, that they would be let go of their jobs to commemorate SI. Uh, we 
thought, hey, why don't we look at some of the more famous Sports Illustrated covers? You guys got any thoughts on SI before we jump into the covers here? Because, you know, we're, we're more remembering moments that are captured in just the covers. But, you know, any any thoughts for young journalist, small J journalist, Vinnie Duber growing up reading SI? Uh, I mean, listen, they came to the house. My dad got it when I was a, when I was a really young kid. And then I, I subscribed, I think during college, uh, and you know, would, would read, would read it, uh, from time to time. Certainly that, uh, after that is when the uh, the Blackhawks were good, and I remember that uh, you know they would do uh, some pretty good coverage uh, uh, around that. And so whenever there was a, a story about a Chicago team, that was always you know a, a very good reason to to open it up. But really, as good as as the, uh, publication as that was, you could really open it up any any week or. or any, yeah, any week uh, about any team, and, and you know you'd be reading something uh, entertaining and informative. So uh, today's a sad day, and, uh, it, uh, you know, obviously for all the folks who still work there and continue to do great work. Um, but, yeah, over the years, nothing, nothing but the best from that, from that magazine. Yeah, I think about people like Frank DeFord, who has passed on, Tom Verducci, um, Lee Jenkins would write for uh, SI. Just these are the people I used to grow up reading in SI, and you know, initially reading the you know the the kids who were coming up. I forgot what that segment was called at the beginning Future, of the future. No, and the, uh, facing the crowd. Yeah, facing yeah. the crowd. Facing the crowd, and then you would get the Rick Riley piece at the end. Just a quality magazine growing up. But I understand why. Um, magazines especially sports magazines are not as popular as they were when we were kids because that was our that was our information that's how we got national things um and stories to be you know broadened to what we were at in Wheaton and in small areas like we were but now the internet exists and so it's probably hard to monetize that as they did back in the day but of course as a young boy the SI swimsuit edition mercy i tell you what <laughs> Yes. Do you want to tell us what? I mean, I mean, you, I mean, you, you guys know it. Platform, Herb. I mean, I mean, be a freak. There's nothing. There's nothing better than uh, the SI swimsuit edition as a young teenage boy. Okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't say anything else. You no, said you it. did. You, I, you I didn't say anything. More extra. As someone who grew the- up with two older brothers, um, they also had subscriptions, yeah. and yeah, they would. My, I think my brother still has a stack of like he has like fifty that he keeps. Tyra Banks. And he has a whole. Yeah, he has uh when the. Of Sports Illustrated or just the Sports Illustrated swimsuit ones? All of it, but there's a, yeah, there's a mix of it. It came with the subscription. And then when the, what was it, the national, the American national soccer team, the women's league, they all did a bunch of Sports Illustrated, like Hope Solo had a cover and Alex Morgan had a cover. This is more recent, obviously, but it was like, yeah, no, those, I can, I see it. (laughs) Yeah, that was good times. SI. It's like putting on you on the spot. And Uh, uh, how do you think Justin Verlander knew who Kate Upton was? Otherwise, I, I guess like, who is this an, lady? An avid Sports Illustrated reader. Um, you bring up Lee Jenkins. Uh, why don't we go to the Mark Burley cover first? Because, I mean, that's the most iconic one for me. I was there. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Les Grobstein. Uh, but, yeah, Lee Jenkins wrote that that piece. Uh, and, I mean, that's that's the moment. I think that's the final pitch. Jason Bartlett's up to bat. He'll mm-hmm. ground out shortly to Alice Ramirez. Uh, Hawk will call him the wrong name as he makes the throw over to first base, and everyone will call their uh, mom's. I forget them. daughters, daughters, sons, sons uh, work, work, co-workers. I don't know, you know, uh, but it, it was such a cool thing. I mean, I still have that and I, I've protected that Sports Illustrated piece. Like there's just not a lot of physical media that we're going to be able to cherish and hoard in our houses for a long time. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, the one positive about Sports Illustrated closing is hoarders will be helped. They won't be getting more things to, to hoard and keep in their house. I'll tell you this. When I was a kid, I subscribed to uh, Sports Illustrated for kids, right? Oh, yeah. the, the kids magazine that they had at the time. And every, uh, every I don't remember if it was weekly or monthly, but uh, every issue, they would have uh, cardboard perforated cards. So there was one page that would be, you'd have nine cards and you could you could cut them out or, and, and tear them. And I had a stack that high of, 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 of the cards from that. And then every April Fool's Day, the cards would be funny. Mm-hmm. They'd have like an April Fool's edition. And the, I think they're, the one I always remember is, the, it was like early Photoshop. So they would like be Photoshopping silly things in there. The one I always remember was Paul Correa, who used to play for the Mighty Ducks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on the ice and he was following a, a line ducks. of actual ducks. On the <laughs> yeah, ice. Very nice. But, uh, and then 
and then there would be a poster in every edition as well. And I once had the one room of my one wall of my bedroom as a kid just covered in those posters from Sports Illustrated for kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was that was the best too because you also got the the baseball cards. Like there, there was the one like piece in the middle of Sports Illustrated Kids where you'd be yeah, able to pull it out. Oh, sorry. Sean, was, Sean was tuning me out, obviously. I got to be honest. Uh, <laughs> our, our boss sent me uh, some <laughs> some things to look at, and I got Oh, wait. For some Sports Illustrated on Swimsuit Edition? Yeah, he's, he sent me uh, all the Sports <laughs> Illustrated PDFs. That's uh, <laughs> what distracted. No, yeah. No, Jake, Jake, Fer- Jake Flanagan. I was going to call him Jake Ferguson, the Cowboys tight end. Uh, Jake Flanagan sending me Sports Illustrated. He should be sending it to you. You're the one who brought up oh, the, the Swimsuit Edition. Good times. Um, all right, let's go into other... Uh, covers though because i mean it was i think this was the best part of si for me because reading was difficult because i have adhd so you know if it doesn't hook me within the first three words i'm you're out i'm out uh but even like the 2009 march madness cover where you got like every single uh, oh yeah they do that every year teams yeah that yeah. was the best there was one kids one where it was like you find all the things and you got you get to circle them it was great like highlights uh, yeah like mm-hmm. highlights and mm-hmm. there's like a tyler hansborough uh mm-hmm. and like a jj reddick it was the diaper dandy thing i don't mm-hmm. know uh but this one i didn't know about this was i think tanny showed was the first one who shared this today uh the frank thomas and ken griffey jr uh top guns cover fairly cool i know i don't know if you're a big frank oh guy. Was, like when we were kids people used to say i looked like frank so i resented that and so i had a frank thomas either first or rookie card and i traded in for ken griffey jr first year card at the time I thought the Frank was more valuable than the, if we looked in the Beckett book or whatever it was, that the Frank was more valuable than Ken Griffey Jr. But I just, since Ken was away and more of a superstar to me, I was like, ah, get this Frank Thomas out of here. Give me that Ken Griffey Jr. And, you know, they're both Hall of Famers. But, yeah, that's really cool to see those two guys. At that time, in the early 90s, I mean, those are probably the two premier hitters in the game. And, of course, Ken Griffey Jr. was doing with the glove, too. So, yeah, that's uh, just a dope-ass cover. I saw that probably when I was a kid but yeah it's good to get some memories back there when you're thinking about man just good times when the White Sox used to be on top of the world and have one great superstar like Frank Thomas yeah I mean it's crazy to look at that and you see a legend of the White Sox and then Frank Thomas but of Um, course number 17 number 17 uh the other one I think that we had here was uh one that just kind of hurts Mm. uh baseball preview is 20s for the 20s Right. It was it was the it was the 20s that we didn't think that Chicago baseball would ever be knocked off its pedestal. Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony wow. Rizzo, wow. Wilson Contreras. We're wow. on the north side. You got Jet Hoyer leading the charge now that Theo Epstein's gone. You got the White Sox with Aloy Jimenez, Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Lucas Giolito. Just tons and tons of tons of tons of talent that didn't pan out look at those two guys have just fallen off since that cover hey at least one has a team and that's another thing sports illustrated had a very famous jinx associated with it so like if you're on the cover of madden and if you're on the si there was an si jinx that people didn't want to go on that of course didn't cause them to be not good anymore because javi subsequently signed a contract with the detroit tigers he hasn't been good but his money's still good his bank account's great tim hasn't found a team as yet but he's still grinding but man that just makes me sad to bring up those people even chris bryant one of my favorite players of all time he has not been anything near what he used to be or where i thought he was gonna be so yeah looking at these things give me some nostalgia but also the sads yeah i don't think the other ones are too sad so uh, you can pick your up a little bit after this. There's oh. the best. Oh, yeah. That's uh, the best. This is the best one. I mean, Tim, too, he, he did have a couple all star appearances after it. So I don't know mm-hmm. if the curse was too, Not too uh, much. Yeah. you know, too hexing of him. Uh, you say this is the best, Vinny. Dick Allen in the red pinstripes with Tremendous. the 15 juggling balls with a cig in his mouth. Well, and too, like, you'll notice it's, it's funny, too. You know, we've seen all the people, everybody on social media has been posting covers all day and stuff like that. Man, the difference in the design, right? Because once we got to like the 90s and, and, and into the 2000s, the text was just gigantic and covered up so much of the thing. This is just, and, and you know, they, they teased all the other little stories with little boxes on oh, yeah. the, and everything. Clean. This is just picture, title, one word to tell you what the story is about, boom. And you just get to look at that phenomenal picture of Dick Allen. Um, and, and the White Sox have a ton hanging up in the press box, you know, uh, you know dating all the way back to the, to the 
the to the fifties and stuff like that. And those old covers, they just look really good from a design standpoint, and they let the picture, you, you know, you really kind of soak in the picture as opposed to. Sarah, I think you, if you want to put one up, there's one of there's one with Abreu on the cover, mm-hmm. and the look at all the words. The words are just everywhere. The giant, stu- the all of the stuff above the title, Sports Illustrated. And I mean, it's a it's a good layout. I'm not saying it's bad design work. I'm just saying like, you know, the difference between the old ones and the more modern ones uh, are is is stark. And uh, for my money, I like I like the 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 look of the older ones just uh, to to kind of emphasize that picture. And to be fair too, I mean, maybe this is why the magazine went down. You look at this one with Abreu, Sports Illustrated is blocked. Uh, can you go back to the Baez and Tim Anderson one? Uh, with this one, you could see that Sports Illustrated again blocked. Could you go to the uh, Perfect Game one uh, with Mark Burley? Again, the name Sports Illustrated blocked. People didn't know what they were reading. (laughs) They're like, Sports... Straight Illustrated? Yeah, right. What the hell is this? So I, I get your point. I mean, you look at the, the Ken Griffey and Frank Thomas one, Sports Illustrated, unblocked. It's it's really, uh, oh, that one is blocked, uh, the the one of Frank Thomas and the, the Hall of Fame one. Uh, I like this one because it is just clean. It's just Frank Thomas being big and huge, power and patience. And just whiting out all the rest of the stuff in the background. I would have liked the actual uh, picture in the background what he, when he did that because that's not like a pose for uh, the picture. That's an actual thing. It's I'm, an action shot. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've hit that ball. The ball has been hit. And uh, just show me what's going on behind there. No, but now he's being... But this is the Hall of Fame issue. So this is him being... Uh, commemorated. This is him being. Uh, he's now a ghost. He's a baseball ghost. <laughs> too. Yeah. And then he ended up buying Field of Dreams. And then he bought Field of Dreams. Uh, he owns all the ghosts now. <laughs> <laughs> they must play for him. Uh, who's your favorite ghost baseball player? Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, it's it's a good point. I, the 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 covers did change, and you know the. The kind of picture used to did speak for itself a little bit more rather than the graphics make it a little bit more poppy. Uh, my and favorite, I, too, it's White Sox where they did the Harry, the Harry Chappas one, uh, the smallest rookie when he just wasn't. He just wasn't even the smallest baseball player ever. Like, it was just a very odd story, odd cover. Um, I actually got that magazine from my future mother-in-law. She was just going through her old... Uh, Sports Illustrated, or and she said you probably would like this herb, and I have it still at my house. And it was that Harry Chappis one. I read the whole article. I was like, yeah, he wasn't a good baseball player at all. He was just really diminutive. Was it a good read though? It was a good read, really yeah. good read. And go. I just That's zoomed in, sixty cents on the nineteen seventy two uh, Sports Illustrated. Nice. I had pocket no, change. I had no idea about this uh, for Harry Chappis. Chappis is. Professional baseball career began with barnstorming ex-Negro League Indianapolis clowns uh, who had became racially integrated and developed more into an entertainment product than a competitive team. Uh, he later made his when he later made his major league debut, he became the final player and first white player to make the major leagues from a formerly member of the Negro Leagues. Hmm. Um, so Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Harry Chappas, once on Sports Illustrated and... The final Negro League player. Well, <laughs> diminutive. <laughs> and another, and another uh, SI thing that that you know for a while there was a big deal was they would name their sports person of the year. Yeah, and that was always like you know we saw how much attention uh, at the end of last year. You know, Time Magazine still gets when this past year they named Taylor Swift, and and you know often they name political figures and stuff like that. But like that's still something that makes a news headline. You know, Time Magazine's person of the year this year is so and so. When Sports Illustrated named their sports person of the year, that would make headlines too. And you would see, you know, if you were like watching Sports Center or something, Sports Center would make sure to, mm-hmm. you know, guess guess what? We got news today. Tom Brady or Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan were the sports person of the year. So um, that's another thing that 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 might that has has since gone by the wayside and certainly will be gone if the publication is gone too. I'm just trying to look up maybe Chicagoans, like Chicago athletes who were named SI Sports People of the Year. Michael Jordan, I would imagine, did was was named that at one point. Jordan yes. was named it in 1991. There's one more. Um, in what Walter in the, Payton? I just want to not Walter Payton. In the in the 90s, in the time of them naming oh. SI Sports when, People of the Year from 2023 that? to 1954. There's one more. In the whole history of it, in, in, 50, in seventy years. Yep, Jesus. Ninety-one was Jordan. There was one more. Mm. Chicago. You need to bring athlete. back the clock ticking again. Uh, is it a Cubs player? Yeah, I mean Herb knows. I was gonna say. Go oh, it's, oh, Sammy. 
Yeah. Sammy oh, and Maguire were together. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Maguire. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, on the cover with them in the togas. Yeah, right, right. Oh, in the toga. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They were the, the little yeah, Greek. They're like they hats. like look like like Greek gods kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. yeah, a, a famous cover. Yeah, that's, that's a former pretty. White Sox. Again, Great. though, uh, former White Sox. Hey, that's true. Two former White Sox have technically been the sports. Illustrated Person of the Year. Two former White Sox minor leaguers. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Sammy was a professional. Uh, Michael made it on the cover in a White Sox uniform. There you go. He so, did. There you go. Um, all right. Who was the last one that they named? Deion last. Sanders. Yeah. Is going to be the for last. For last year? For last year. is the Sports Person for of the Year. 2023. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. He probably did it when his playing career, too. You got to get any guesses on who will be the 2024 Athlete of the Year? Oh, like not we'll for we'll Sports Illustrated because yeah, it's we'll, gone. We'll take it over. We're we're oh. we're gonna adopt okay. it from. Well, sports I don't know. I think I think if I'm going to seriously answer that question, like um, the Olympics are going to happen. Yeah, it, it could be somebody that, that that competes in the Olympics. I think you know certainly. I remember when Michael Phelps was named it. I don't know if he was named it multiple times or not, but. Um, Usually, when the Olympics come around, that's a good uh, a good time because you know everybody's attention is on that, and so um, I don't think it necessarily has to be the person who is the best. You know what I mean? To to have uh, it's probably somebody who should have impact uh, as as far as it can go, and so um, I don't know, but I would guess that maybe an Olympian would would ha- hold that title, but we have no idea what's going to happen. Obviously, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it always runs. The, the gambit. Um, I mean, sometimes there's one person, sometimes there's multiple people. Um, I mean, even part of it, like there was 2017 when Hurricane Harvey hit uh, Houston, Jose Altuve won because part of his contributions to the 2017 Astros team, which is hilarious. Uh, and then J.J. Watt shared it with him because of his efforts as a humanitarian Charitable work, yeah. uh, to, to help out the, the city of Houston after Hurricane Harvey. So, uh, Do you know say- who the, has the most sports persons of the year? No, it's not Michael Jordan. No, he only has one. He's a bum. <laughs> how many? How I many is the most? Three, three, three. The only the three-time winner mm-hmm. of the Tiger Sports Illustrated. Tiger Woods is two-time winner. Michael know. Phelps. Michael Phelps. He's won it, but not only the only people who have won it multiple times: Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Stephen Curry, oh, Tom and uh, LeBron James. Oh, oh, I forgot. LeBron is the only three-time winner. Only three-time winner. I always forget about. So him. nobody, nobody won multiple times until the. Like the nineties, like the late nineties. Uh, Tiger Woods probably was, although yeah. he might have been in the two thousands too. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. The first multiple winner was Tiger Woods, and they were given in two thousand, and they'd been giving it out since nineteen fifty four. They, I mean, <laughs> theoretically, they were like probably more. like we can't give it to Jordan every year. Let's call somebody else. Well, yeah, they were a little bit more spread out too. I mean, the first, first of the, th- uh, there was a track and field guy. In 54, 56, there was a track and field guy. 58, there was a track and field guy. 59, there was a boxing guy. 60, there was a golfer. Uh, 64, there was a golfer. 66, there was a track and field guy. Uh, there was a hockey player. Like, I think they expanded what- the gamut of, of sports more <coughs> in the 90s to the 50s. And I think it became more mainstream. Sports center, mainstream. Well, yeah, like that's how. For I mean, but that's how sports evolved too, in general. Like yeah, right. back in the fifties and sixties, people cared about boxing a lot. You know, oh. what I mean, everybody in the wor- in the country loved baseball. Where now we're talking about, you know, how how are they going to get any kids to watch baseball on TikTok? So I mean, you know. think about like who won the last decathlon. You don't know, nope. but in the seventies, Bruce Jenner. We knew Bruce Jenner's name. And it rang true all the time because we were very in- interested in American winning the decathlon. But I think that's also because like those sports have kind of capped themselves. Like I don't know that one the guy the first guy who ever won the sports person of the year ran the first sub four minute mile. Wow, I Roger Bannister? No, I don't. Okay, I'm, I don't Brian Bannister. Brian Bannister. <laughs> Floyd, <laughs> I think is his. Ran um, a four minute mile. It is Roger sub Bannister. Four. That's insane. Um, He's not the guy that won it. The it, won the award, but, but like what's yeah, the he number? Was the one that won the award, and he ran the first oh, sub there four you minute go. mile. But like, I'd, what's the shortest mile? Like, you, it's not like they're now sub two. Like, you know, the human body has limitations at least when it comes to like track and field. Seconds. I'm trying to think, or like a huh? minute and a half. How do you run a mile in a minute and a half? I Quickly. Know, gotta ask. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Vinny. <laughs> I think I, I would start like throwing up and bleeding <laughs> internally. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, 
so what that was this is probably great radio uh they also just kind of stopped breaking the record uh so when was that 54 it looks like I can't uh, even find it. in 1999 indoor. the fastest mile was three minutes and 43 seconds Woo. none of this makes sense to me um fast yeah th- I can't drive my car that fast. <laughs> so you said the most recent one was three minutes, 43 seconds? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that was 1999. 1999, yeah. So it's just like, no one's breaking their record. <laughs> it's going to be hard. Yeah. No one's probably trying to either. Right. It's like, what do I want to die? Fuck, that guy just quick. You did it. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, brother. You have it for your life. Do you know where uh, LeBron James went to become three-time sports person of the year from Sports Illustrated? No, Sean, but I think you're going to tell me. You know, there's the main uh, building in downtown uh, Lincoln Park uh, Midtown Athletic Club but across the street they got the basketball gym they do that's where he was grinding each and every day I mean I guess so because Midtown they have four Chicagoland locations Sean as you said the one club and hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park also one in Northwest Suburbs that is in Palatine Bannockburn in the North Shore and Willowbrook in the Southwest Suburbs and apparently we are going to be broadcasting I don't know we're I think CHGO Bears and CHGO show will be broadcasting live from the Bannockburn uh, uh, event out there so if you who are listening watching want to go you can go you just got to sign a waiver to get into the club, just you know, make sure that you're good to go. But you can go that day that we are going, and details to to follow on the day that we are going to the North Shore and Bannockburn. But the one in Palatine has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. Midtown is offering no initiation fees this January for their Bannockburn, Palatine, and Willowbrook locations. So go there now because there's something for everyone, whether you're a single person. Families with kids, people looking for lifestyle changes or holistic wellness because Midtown Chicago is the nicest fitness club that I've ever been because they have super luxe locker rooms, wet and dry saunas with premium amenities, amazing outdoor, indoor pools and hot tubs, a collection of boutique fitness studios with more than 100 classes per week. This isn't gym quality. It's spaces are boutique quality. You could either be in the HI. IT room, which is called the arena, or if you want to do some yoga, they have a place called Samadhi. The place that I like, the group exercise place, is the theater, and there's much more than that. But Midtown, as Sean says, they're known for many things, a basketball court, working out facility, spa, but the most thing they're known for is their tennis courts because they're the best tennis courts and programming in the sport. Midtown has indoor, outdoor tennis, pickleball, paddleball tennis, USTA professional quality all the way. Head on over to midtown.com slash CHGO and find out more to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. And when we're there, they said all the players that you know of now, the ones of the past have played at Midtown because they hold this uh, young, young person's tournament there at Midtown Chicago. So the Pete Sampras's of the world. Um, Serena the, and Serena Venus. Venus. Yeah, oh, young wow. players. Yeah, they have uh, rackets of these people. Rod Laver, who's an Australian, they have one of his rackets. So, yes, go to Midtown right now and enjoy yourselves. It's luxurious. We also want to let you know about our friends over at Game Time. Uh, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Uh, I saw that Ron White is apparently a hot ticket uh, out in the Hard Rock Casino in Northwest Indiana. Ron White. Uh, yeah, Ron White. Uh, there's also Rolling Stones. They're coming in, in July. You going, Vinny? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe if they, I can get a good deal on game time. I think tickets are. I, I thought tickets would be more expensive. I went to game time and uh, honestly, kind of affordable for Rolling Stones. Wow, might be last chance to see them. You it get the, the the Jumping Jack Flash package. Uh, but as you can see, as Sarah's pulling up, uh, you get some flash deals with game time. You also get uh, a best deal that is the. Uh, the the blue uh verified badge right there they got killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seats and their best price guarantee game time takes the game guesswork out of buying and uh you get to see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive there's a hawks game tonight they're playing yeah oh yeah that's what you just showed yeah so they go see islanders and hawks tonight if you are looking for something to do tonight Take the guesswork out of buying with our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, 
Redeem code CHGO when you create an account. That's CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Also want to let you know about our friends over at Circa Sportsbook. They have tight money line splits, a low hold model. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on Circa Sports menu, unlike other sportsbooks, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split. Circa Sports keeps as little money as possible on large market bets like futures and golf tournaments, especially compared to other books, which allows them to keep these tight money, money line splits. Circa also doesn't limit players based on their winnings. Every, every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. And if you run into an issue with Circa Sportsbook, there are real people behind the Circa Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chat bots. So download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois app. That's circasports.com slash Illinois app to sign up today. You can download the world's largest sportsbook and have it at your fingertips. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties and tailgates, if you or somebody you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, text GMB833234, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. All right, uh, would you rather talk about Josh Hader or the seven baseball mascots in the Mascot Hall of Fame? The seven baseball mascots in the Mascot Hall of Fame. The Philly Fanatic. Okay. Southpaw. Is right. in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he is Southpaw, so we would know. He's oh. there. He got introduced. <laughs> um... These are active, active mascots? Uh, they, there's six active mascots. I cannot find retired mascots, and I'm looking for strictly MLB mascots. Sure. So you got two of the six sure. MLB mascots. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with... See, I know who I'd put in my baseball, my mascot Hall of Fame. Billy the Marlin. No, no now, Billy the Marlin. Is uh, Mr. Met in there? Mr. Met is in there. Mr. Met? Mr. Okay. Met is in there. Uh, what about Wally the Green Monster? No. No? We got, all, we got our green quota with the fanatic and uh, South Park. How about my guy Mariner Moose? No Mariner Moose. DC Bear? No DC Bear. Um, the, the San Diego Chicken. No. He's not, San Diego is ch- not a team. Yeah. He's not a baseball mascot. Oh, San Diego yeah. Chicken is in the but Hall yeah, of Fame, but he's, but he's independently in. What about... Oh, no. He's also green. You said no more green. Um, there are three more, and they're all AL. Yankees don't have one. Nope. Um, not ace from the Blue Jays. Not ace from the no. Blue Jays. Um, what about the or- the Baltimore Oriole? The Oriole Bird? Yeah. That's the name of it. It's the Oriole Bird. He's in somehow there? a Hall of Famer. He's in there? Yeah. All right. The Oriole Bird is such a weird... Yeah. You could... How about... Um, what about the... The, the uh, elephant. Oh, yeah. Stomper. Stomper? Stomper. No. no. Oh, Garbage. This Burn is, this place down. This is ridiculous. Burn it down. Is this is a bigger. This is that's a bigger joke than when A Rod won't get into the Hall of oh, Fame. Hey, uh, next Burn week. this place down immediately. Uh, th- there's not <sighs> that many American League teams left. We can go through them. Uh, let's say the what's the Tigers one? Stripes, paws, something like that. Let me look it up. Let me look it up. <laughs> oh, Slugger. Hold on. Hold Slugger. Hold on. The Tigers mascot is Paws. Paws. Yeah, Paws is not in no. there. Slugger's not there? Slugger's in there. Slugger. Yes. Slugger is in there. All and right. One more. Um, the, the, uh, the the Rangers horse? Nope. How about the Guardian slash Indians, whatever the fuck that is? Slider? Slider is in there. Slider? Slider is the last God, one. God, they just uh, let anybody in. They, they kind of do. They, they, they labeled him as unique. Philly Fanatic was unique. Slider was unique. Southpaw, unique. Uh, I think Oriole Bird got in because uh, it's a costumed character. Like, it's a good costume design. Uh, same with Slugger. And uh, Mr. Met has Ballhead. The only I would only put two of those in my mascot Hall of Fame. Fanatic? The Fanatic and Mr. Met. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No Southpaw? Not really. not right away. Not first class. Okay. All right. That's You've fair. Only been we gotta get like we gotta get Stomper. We gotta get Stomper in there. Gotta get Billy Marlin in there. There's, I mean, what other man? I mean, Mariner Moose drives a uh, motorcycle. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, okay. What about the swinging friar? Oh my god, he's pretty. <laughs> he's I mean, that's also, pretty dynamic. <laughs> and uh, my favorite all time mascot, on. of course, Crazy Crab. Oh, crazy crap for the Giants. Uh, they they should put like the uh, I've never gone to the mascot Hall of Fame, but like we can go. The, it's in it's isn't it in Hammond or yeah, something? I think yeah. So. yeah. Uh, the yeah. curse zoned. We could put like all the 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 mascots that were just canceled uh, in one spot. And Ribby and rhubarb. Yeah, you can get a uh, what's it called? Uh, crazy the crab or crazy crab. Crazy crab um, definitely should be there. 
All right, that's going to do it. We could talk about Josh Hader, but it's 4.30 on a Friday, so let's wrap this up. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Eknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. we got 30 people watching, but only 15 likes. We'd appreciate you getting us up to that very, very important Nick Swisher number of 30. So hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to our CHGO Sports YouTube channel, and thank you to Sarah for producing our show. Uh, We will talk to you next week at 3.30. Goodbye.